I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in, meaning I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. I naturally think it's challenging for beings in human experience to remember that we are both predator and prey. And I think it's challenging for us because we don't like the prey part. We don't like knowing that there are other apex predators that are faster than us, stronger than us. And if we put ourselves into not exactly the right position, but I guess I would say the unfortunate position of perhaps becoming a meal for another apex predator, that activates a very specific and very physically visceral response of biology in that our instincts as prey kick in, and sometimes we do things that unfortunately serve only to entice the predator that we may be facing somewhere out there in the wild, hopefully, into thinking that this is a game and this is part of the dance and we have taken the first steps in the part of the dance to say, yeah, I'm in to this partnership between predator and prey. And so we might do things like run away, we might scream, (laughs) we might do any number of things that to a certain species of apex predator, and of course that's going to vary, that just, again, shows them that we're we're into this, that we're kind of part of the whole thing, as opposed to using our thinking brain, our human-centric, for lack of a better word, socialization, I guess I would say, to raise our arms, to look as big as possible. And of course, we, we do that so that we can appear as to be apex predator ourselves and therefore scare or frighten away the other apex predator. So we have an opportunity to switch from prey into predator. And I think certainly other prey have an opportunity to do that as well. There is not a species incarnated on this planet that doesn't have its own very specific system of defense to keep itself from being a meal for another predator. And they might appear to be innocuous to us. For instance, there are certain species who have 
It looks like eyes somewhere on their body and rather large eyes. And so that presumably in the world of another predator says, oh, these are really, really good size eyes. This means this predator or what I think is prey is actually another predator. And this prey is actually a lot bigger than I am. And so I'm not going to take this prey. There might be a certain smell that they exude. There might be a certain taste that actually is either poisonous or very off-putting to another predator. All species on the planet, again, are not without their abilities, even in their, like we all have, dual status of both predator and prey, to kind of help themselves out in, in a prey situation. And because we are both predator and prey, we can resonate with both ends of this energetic spectrum, as can all the other predator and prey species. We forget that we are the human animal. And it's really interesting because lately I found myself on the outside of human experience and looking at it as more as a kind of just other animal experience. We have all kinds of preconceptions about the planetary experience of being animal because we see ourselves as separate. We even call ourselves human beings and all the other beings in different experiences, just animals or plants or crystals. For myself, I tend to capitalize animal. I can capitalize human. I capitalize plant. I do think that other species on the planet are as deserving of what we would recognize as being, as in in human language, consciousness and of having awareness as we perceive ourselves to be, which I think it kind of varies from day to day. That's just my own personal opinion. And as I may have said before, when animals in the wild choose to appear, it's with a purpose. Because they form intention to show themselves to us. And so imagine just for a second what that takes for them to do that as you and I are apex predator to them. Pretty much in, I would say, nine out of ten experiences and situations they have to overcome their incredibly strong prey drive in order to show themselves out in the open to you and out of their natural state of camouflage. Because all other species on the planet of animals, most certainly, and I would say plants, crystals as well, they all have their own states of being able to hide when they want to be able to hide. That's just, that's the light side of the duality here. And I've talked before about Pluchik's wheel of emotions that are known to human. In order to reach the feeling of awe, it is actually halfway between terror and amazement. (laughs) So that you might notice one more than the other. And most definitely some of that may come from whether you are predator to them or whether you are prey to them. For instance, if you were to happen to see bear out in the wild or bear chooses to show themselves to you, I have a pretty strong hunch that the terror might come before the awe 
And of course, that depends upon how far away you are from bear, whether bear has cubs with them, all sorts of different things. The same thing would go for mountain lion, whether you are really far away from them, whether in fact you are being actively stalked by them. And there is a really, really big difference between them stalking you and them simply coming close to you as another apex predator might to figure out, well, what's your smell? That will tell me a lot about you. What is your body position? What is your energy? All those sorts of things. They're going to take in as input to figure out basically how to deal with you. For you, if you come across, I don't know, deer or stag or in my home state, Rocky Mountain goat or Rocky Mountain sheep, you are predator to them. And so the feeling of awe might come before the feeling of terror, but terror might be coming kind of closely back into that, especially if you come across a herd of elk or deer, it happens to be rutting season, you happen to be male, and you see the male stag in that family group lower his antlers toward you and start pawing the ground. I would think then the feeling of terror might overcome the feeling of awe. And it always reminds me of a time when if I remember correctly, it was at least five, if not six deer, showed themselves to me just kind of one after another. And this was all inside a suburban designated wildlife refuge. I could hear the traffic around me. That was the crazy thing. This wildlife refuge, it sits in Crown Hill Lake area that I've talked about before. And it is on one aspect of this diagonal traffic setting, there are six lanes of traffic. And on the other side, there are four lanes of traffic. And so I could hear the traffic coming by. And I, was, I wasn't I was any more than 10, 12 feet away from this deer. And this deer just kind of stepped out in the trail in front of me and looked at me looked down at the ground, was interested in something that was on the ground, head up, looked at me again, and then just kind of continued on. And there was something that told me to just wait, just wait. And so I did, because I also had recognition that in my status of both predator and prey, that I would want to give this deer enough space so that it didn't feel like I was crossing the trail behind it. I I just wanted to make sure that there was enough time and space so that that being an animal experience wanted to feel like they could make a, a clean getaway, for lack of a better way to phrase it. And within about 10 seconds, there were, as I said, four or five other deer that came out of the brush. And literally, it was kind of like magic because, of course, the color of their coats blended in perfectly with the, at this time of year, and I think it was probably early fall, kind of just blended right in with them. And one right after the other. And it was like those little nesting dolls because the first one was pretty good size. Still definitely doe. I didn't see any antlers. And then a slightly smaller version and smaller version and smaller version and smaller version. Just like this little train of deer. It honestly remains one of the most magical experiences, at least in this lifetime, as far as animals are concerned.
And so it was yesterday that Rabbit showed themselves to me. And it was so interesting because it was after a particularly challenging day. I, like so many others out there, I'm having some changes in the configuration in my household. And while I am completely welcoming of these changes in my household, it nevertheless is a change. And I am feeling challenged at coordinating this change. I'm challenged with, in a really wonderful way, always. The two cats that I recently adopted were still in that six-month window where they're getting used to me, I'm getting used to them, I'm trying to remain cognizant of what their shifting needs are so that I can co-create with them an environment that meets those needs. And so, again, I was feeling particularly put upon, which, of course, in retrospect, was (laughs) just one of those states that as being in human experience, we, no pun intended, although pun intended, fall prey to at times. And so it was this very sweet little cottontail rabbit that showed themselves to me. And I'll put a link into the podcast notes about cottontails in particular. And depending upon where you are on the planet and listening to this podcast, I would invite you to do an interweb search on what are the species of rabbit and or hare H-A-R-E, in my particular geographical area, because rabbits differ from hares in being smaller with shorter ears, and they're born both blind and bald. Hares, on the opposite end of the spectrum, are born with hair, open eyes, and can even somewhat fend for themselves soon after birth. And I'll read you just a few of kind of like the facts and figures from this particular um, link that I'm going to post for you in the podcast notes. Cottontails have 17,000 taste buds compared with about eight to 10,000 for humans. That crazy. They probably enjoy a really intense flavor array with subtleties that we can't even imagine. Kind of similar to what I often think of the sense of smell in for instance, dogs, I think my brain would probably explode if I even had the sense of smell that a dog has for even five or 10 seconds, because we just can't fathom, I don't think, as beings in human experience, what that must be like. And I think that's probably what makes their greens tasty to them, while boring to some humans, or just like salad, blah, no. As much as they like their greens, though, rabbits also eat fruit and they enjoy a good birdseed buffet. Cottontails don't hibernate. They face the extremes of winters of winter kind of head on. A major challenge for them is finding enough food and liquid water. Normally active at dusk and dawn, in winter they venture out more often in the daytime to eat. This is risky, especially when there's snow as the color of their coat stands out. They nest in a shallow depression in dense cover, but on frigid days, they may look for old dens for cover and warmth. Rabbits don't always quickly dart away when we approach them, as this rabbit did also not dart away quickly yesterday, which was also a really amazing thing to me because we had 
quite a long conversation, this rabbit and I, outside of my carport area. And even when I turned to shut my car door, I was kind of expecting the rabbit to dart away, but they didn't. They just sat there and looked at me quite directly, all the while contentedly munching on whatever little vegetation source is in this little side yard area. And perhaps if I had continued toward them, this particular rabbit would have really run. They can run in brief spurts up to 45 miles an hour, which again is crazy. And we all know that they have huge, powerful hind legs, which again, like most species on the planet, the hind end is for propulsion and the front end usually kind of serves as a shock absorber. And this particular rabbit was pretty good size. I don't really know if it was male or female. And frankly, that doesn't really matter to me. And they were just, just showed themselves to me. It was just, again, kind of one of those magic moments. Because yes, while it's perhaps fairly common in your particular area to see rabbits, this was definitely a, are you paying attention, Lizanne? Are you looking at me? Do you understand that the message that I'm wanting to impart to you? Do you understand that I can turn and look at you full in the face and with my eyes And then I can turn back and continue what I'm doing. I can recognize your status as apex predator to me. And at the same time, this particular rabbit was offering to me that even when I perceive I'm in my own prey state and kind of feeling put upon and perhaps a bit of a victim and the world is against me and the capital P, P, pity party sort of a thing. I'm still not without my own abilities, as Rabbit would show you. And the interesting thing, I think, about humans and our view of the world, and I think I might have posted the meme before, (laughs) where I think there's like a bear and a moose talking, and I think the moose says, oh my god, I just saw a human, what do you think that means? Which of course is what humans do all the time, is that we say, oh my god, I just saw a deer, what does that mean? And I do think that it's good, number one, to be able to familiarize yourself with the animal experience, i.e. the physical part. Like for instance, I'm telling you all a little bit more perhaps about cottontails, at least in the U.S. and in the Americas that you might not have known about before. And so I think that's kind of one facet of this. And I do think the second facet is going to the interwebs and my one of my favorite Google searches that comes up all the time is, what is the spiritual meaning of X, whatever species it is that I want to know about. And while certainly what I'm reading is admittedly someone else's perhaps interpretation of rabbit, I would invite you to look for the resonances that occur when you read that about rabbit or 
deer or octopus or (laughs) mountain lion or snake or any other species, particularly in the wild, that chooses to show themselves to you. Because there will be kind of a layered approach is what I would invite you to take. There will be the overarching physical uh, manifestation or the physical physical aspects of that experience that it's good to know about. There will be then underneath that the, so what is the spiritual meaning of this particular species? And there may be kind of variations on a theme, but by and large, depending upon what site you go to, you're probably going to find some similarities there about, for instance, rabbit or octopus or, again, whatever that happens to be. And then kind of underneath that in the deeper layer might be opening yourself up intuitively to say, what is your message for me? And even though that last might be something that you don't think about until after the moment is gone, because it could be actually a very fleeting moment. It could be like, what, four or five seconds, maybe not even that long. Just enough for you to feel that bridging between terror and and uh, amazement in order to get to awe. You can always go back in and say, for instance, to Rabbit, what was your message for me? If you're not able to, in that moment, get to that place, because the collective awareness of rabbit will hold that place marker for you. Because it is not about that particular rabbit or that particular dolphin or stag or deer. And and again, as humans, we're kind of locked into this whole individual I know you, you know me, and another person can't possibly know what our status of our relationship is, etc. My perception is that's because we lack, at this point, the whole, frankly, very distant goal of collective awareness of each other. But all the other species on the planet already have that. And so, if I were to, in journey space meditation, need to go back in and say, Rabbit, what was your message for me yesterday when I saw you? Collective awareness of rabbit would zero in on this particular rabbit and be able to give that message for me. And in that moment, I was made aware of the, I don't want to call them the positive attributes, but the, probably more accurately, the uplifting attributes of rabbit. Because let's face it, for the most part, from a human-centric perspective, we would look at rabbit as mostly just prey, right? We would just say, oh, well, there's a rabbit, and rabbit is fearful, and rabbit is about fear, and all those other sorts of things. Rabbit is also incredibly quick. Rabbit is also capable of changing direction on a dime, if necessary. Rabbit is also about being highly creative, Rabbit is also about enjoying life to the fullest. Rabbit is also about kind of embracing whatever you might feel is the downside of your experience in that particular moment and recognizing it truly for the gift that it is. It's about having the ability to shift your perspective from looking at something as contrast, but understanding that 
unless you had that contrast, as we've often talked about before, you wouldn't be able to see the light. And for me yesterday, that was most definitely the message from Rabbit. This rabbit and rabbit collectively was saying to me, we have your back. We understand you have the ability to be as flexible as need be with these coming changes, both professionally and personally. And we're going to sit here and we're going to hold space for you. We're not going to be fearful of you. We're not going to be running away as if to say, oh, fear is the thing you need to focus on. We're going to show you that even as you view yourself starting out newly on these different paths and different parts of your journey, you have a skill set of your own. And we invite you to remember that. And don't just step into fear because that's not necessarily what's going to serve you best. At least that's how the animals would see it. Thanks for listening today. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lizanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Remember to sign up for my newsletter on my website, www.lizanneflynn.com, so that you can learn about different events, psychic fairs that will be coming up in the next quarter. I welcome all of it. Feel free to leave me a review, subscribe to my channel. I will be attempting to post sound bites on my YouTube channel. Yes, I have a YouTube channel. You can actually see a couple of different videos that I've posted on there, one about canine massage and another about Reiki. You can find that under Lizanne Flynn. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.